I would like to add something <clears throat> to the fellowship um, uh, at the end uh, on this matter of the salt uh, from the prior session. Um, I'd like to read another uh, little bit, uh, two short paragraphs from the same message. And again, I would uh, in, uh, recommend, sisters, this is from the Collected Works of Witness Lee uh, 1968 and volume number one. <clears throat> you can get much more if you go there. Uh, the section is entitled The Sisters Needing to Season, quote unquote, the church life by adding salt, quote unquote, salt. The Sisters Needing to Season the Church Life by Adding Salt. Fourth, the function of the sisters in the church can be compared to adding salt to food to season it and improve the flavor. Of Let us illustrate this function in the following way. In a family, the father may instruct the children concerning their behavior. However, the father may be rough and not careful in giving the children instruction. Thus, after the father's instruction, the mother may need to come in to make up the lack. She may realize that her husband was not careful, but she should not speak to the children about her father's shortage. If she does this, she will damage the situation. If she is wise, she will confirm what the father said, but she will add something to make up the father's lack. This kind of instruction will be effective. If only the mother instructs the children in their behavior, her instruction will not work out as well as when the father and she both give the instructions. In the church life, the brothers, we admit, are sometimes rough and not careful in making decisions. Many times the sisters need to add something to make up the brother's lack. What the sisters add can be compared to salt added to improve the flavor of food. With the, after the salt has been added, the flavor is right. The sisters are needed to add salt to all that the brothers say and do in the church. If the sisters add the proper amount of salt, whatever the brothers say and do will be wonderful in the church. Otherwise, it will be poor and without flavor. Amen. If the sisters learn the lesson of adding salt to everything in the church life, even if something negative happens to one of the brothers, that thing will turn out to be a great blessing, not only to him, but also to the whole church. Oh, sisters, I hope we would endeavor to learn this kind of lesson. Amen. In this session, I would like to start <coughs> by highlighting one particular, well, a, a particular portion in the Old Testament that talks about two sisters, an older sister and a younger sister. And, uh, you know, if you read the Bible from this perspective, particularly the Old Testament, but also the New, you could see that quite a number of times you have this kind of divine organic combination. An older one and a younger one teamed together. Um, for example, 
we talk about uh, Joshua and Caleb. You know, many of us just passed through the training on the book of Deuteronomy. And in the church here, actually this week, we're beginning this review of, of those portions and those messages. And, uh, and, and, and in, in the story of the children of Israel, you do see something about Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb. And, and people talk about them as a pair very often, Joshua and Caleb. However, the Bible chronicles Joshua's relationship with Moses much more than with Caleb. And, and even from Exodus 17, you could see the connection between Moses and Joshua and the preparation of the younger generation. And so <clears throat> throughout the, the, the Bible, you have things, uh, situations like this with David, Samuel. David with Samuel. Um, Elijah, Elijah with Elisha. But not only with brothers. Also with sisters. You have Naomi and Ruth. Naomi and Ruth. With Esther. Actually, not two sisters. Here it's an uncle with, her, with his niece. But two generations together. The one that I would like to highlight briefly is Deborah. Deborah in the book of Judges. And if you have your Bible with you, I would like that we could turn to the book of Judges, chapter 5. You know, the story, this story, appears much earlier. Uh, well, earlier in the book. Um, the, Judges 5 is actually the song of Deborah and Barak. But the event is, is before, and I, we don't have the time, I don't have this burden to get into the, the, the details, but there's a wonderful story. Uh, and this story uh, brings together uh, these two women. Deborah, whom, whom, we, know, whom we know better, and, and actually we have Deborah's among us. People call their, their daughters Deborah. This is a very good name. Uh, but there's another one, Jael. I only met one in the Lord's recovery. There is one, at least that I know of. Jael is a younger sister. And so the, the, the story is that Israel is, is under siege and uh, they, they need to be uh, uh, rescued and there's just no proper uh, brother there's no leader and so they go to Deborah she must have had some standing among the children of Israel and this sister this sister um, she is she is extraordinary and she is excellent and so <clears throat> she says she will go and she will take this lead to, to, to fight for God's people. But only if this other one, Barak, comes. Right? And so this is, this is a, a sister who had certainly capacity. She had ability. She had wisdom. She had so many proper virtues. But she knew 
the spiritual principle. And she knew the proper position of the female according to God's ordination and administration. So she would not do anything without proper covering. So she insisted that Barak would come. Actually, Barak did very little. But she insisted that he would come. At the end, when they go to fight, they're fighting this person, Sisera. At the end, it was the Lord's arranging, and you'll, you'll see in Judges 5, the heavens were actually fighting. This was something divine. This was not, neither Deborah nor Barak. But this Sisera, he ends up in the tent, in the home of this young sister who is willing to offer hospitality. Can you imagine? By offering hospitality, she defeated the enemy. And so it's a very interesting story. I'm not sure it's a good bedtime story, though. Maybe you should, you should if you're going to speak this to your children, speak it a little earlier in the day. Because she realizes who he is. She's also very wise. Very wise. And, she, and it, in the song of, of, of uh, Deborah, I think it says, he asked for water and she gave him milk. Uh, anyway, she just gave proper hospitality and then he, he goes to sleep and he's the leader uh, and he's fleeing the, the you know, the... the, the uh, um, attack of, of Israel. Israel now is on, you know, on the offensive and, and, and they're ta- you know, standing their ground. And so they're defeated. He's running away. And so he's a, you know, kind of a refugee, right? He's trying to find... And so she uh, uh, calms him down, goes to sleep. And then when he's asleep, she takes a, a you know, nail and then boom! Right, you know, and kills him. Yeah. So... <laughs> Like I said, not a story for a bedtime for your girl for your for your girls. So she was really the leader, but she was the one who really carried out, and there was a coordination between these two generations, but females taking the lead really, but taking the lead with proper covering and a proper spirit of submission, a proper spirit of submission. Really, these two women are remarkable. They're excellent. Uh, Anyway, there's more that we could get from this story, but I want to draw your attention to five verses in the Song of Deborah. And we we asked the sisters to put them up here. So if we could read together, uh, these will maybe maybe I'll list them uh, 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 for you. And so this is in Judges, in case you want to read read later. Judges chapter 5. And we're going to read verses 9, uh, I think it's 15 to 16. What else? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then 20, and then 31. Okay. Yeah, thank you. So let's, let's read, and we have them up here. Let's read a verse of, yeah, let's read um, 9 first. Yes, go. Hold on, hold on. No, that's okay. Hold on, hold on. We'll go verse by verse. 
So this is a song of Deborah. And this, this gives you an insight into her spirit, into her heart, into her feeling as the story is going on. And what does she say? My heart is with the commanders of Israel. Do you see the proper spirit, the proper position, standing, standing with the weak brothers, standing with the weak leadership? It's because of their lack that she had to come. But she's not, well, thank God that I'm here now. That's not her position. Her heart is not uplifted. Her heart is with the commanders of Israel. Her heart is with the leaders of God's people. Those who offered themselves willingly. He knows there's a proper consecration. And maybe this leads her into a renewed consecration. Sisters, to be the proper ones, we need our proper consecration. And we need to stand with those who are taking the lead. And pray for and honor their consecration. Verses 15 and 16. We can read these two together. The two phrases at the end of these two verses I believe are well known among us by now particularly in the last 20 years or so they are used even somewhat to incite consecration great resolutions in heart great searchings of heart did you, did you realize or have you been impressed ever that this was spoken by a sister? A sister in the view of strengthening God's people to fight for God's interest. There must be great resolutions in heart and great searchings of heart. Sisters, sometimes because of our attention to detail, as I mentioned, we recognize that especially in the females, there is is attention to detail very often. And, And just as we see in Martha in the New Testament Martha where, where um, the Lord is there you know we talked about Mary coming to pour the offering we read from the book of John 
in John, in John, Martha, it just mentions that she's serving. But when we go to Luke, we get a little more insight into what was really happening there. And we're told that Martha was, being, it says, being drawn about with her service. And then she complained to the Lord Jesus. She said, don't, don't you care? Do you see? Mary's just there. Uh, you should tell her to help me. And, and, and that, that uh, in the recovery version of the New Testament, it has this phrase, she was drawn about with her serving. Drawn about is the phrase. But this word, this is, this is a word, drawn about, this phrase, it's a word in the Greek language, which means this. It means being pulled in many directions at the same time. Is that your life? Does that describe your life? <clears throat> Even if you're a stay-at-home mom, that's all you do. It's with the diff with children and, oh, as they get a little older, schedules, and, oh, this one has after school, that one has what? Oh, piano. Oh, this one has a test. Oh, this one has a project. Oh, I have to go to the library. Oh, yeah. Then if you're a working mom, then you're doing the homework, but as you're with the child, you're being pulled to your job. When you're at your job, you're being pulled to your children. Oh, sisters, we understand. We understand. And then we tell you there's a conference and you have to coordinate children's meeting. <laughs> and then we tell you there's another conference the following week. And another one, that's our church life. Yeah. Sometimes those things will prevent you from having great resolutions in heart and great searchings of heart. Because you're in the moment. And you have to be to some extent, to take care of the situation. But sisters, I hope, I hope that through the consecration in verse 9, the willing sacrifice, the willing, the voluntary offering to the Lord, in your heart, you could maintain the great resolutions of heart. And realizing I'm here for a higher purpose than this. I'm doing this. I must do this. We cannot, we cannot, neither the mothers nor the fathers can renege on their human responsibility. But while I'm doing this, I, I, I know I'm on this earth for something more than this. Actually, I'm raising this child for that. This child is for that. <clears throat> I've mentioned before a, a testimony because this is, I, I just have this recollection so sweetly. When I was a teenager <clears throat> in the church life here, I was, <clears throat> I believe I was about 16, 
um, no, 17 by now, 17. And living not too far from here, actually very close to the Dunton house in a small apartment with my mother and father. And some saints moved upstairs from us. They lived on the second floor. They actually were my, you know, our serving ones, our high school serving ones, this couple with a child. And they had a second child. And uh, that child was particularly difficult at nighttime. Yeah, there was a period of time in the early months, very colicky, and <clears throat> and I still I still recall I could still hear her. <laughs> Not the child, it was a boy, the boy. What I mean is I can hear mom, who is one of my one of my second moms. I could still hear her, so desperate before the Lord. Somewhat, her nerves were at the end, and 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 then my dear mother, bless her heart, gifted our sister a rocking chair, and the baby's room was directly above my room. So, very often during those weeks and even months, very often, I just I still remember that. Blessed, holy, creaking. <laughs> and our sister, or our dear sister, I don't, I don't even know if she's, she might be here this morning. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. I could, I could hear her. I could hear her. So I started to pray for her. Started to pray for her. And it was about, you know, 2.30 in the morning sometimes. And she, and she nothing worked to put, to, you know, and this is day after day. And then I remember <clears throat> she would often, actually every night, eventually start to sing. She would start to sing. You know, there is such a verse He giveth me songs in the night. I think sisters get more songs in the night than brothers do. <laughs> And so she would just sing to him. And I don't remember whether he fell asleep because I would fall asleep first <laughs> to her singing night after night. This happened se several times, several times. That sister, that sister, I knew that this family, their tent faced the tabernacle. Do you understand what I mean? Their tent faced the tabernacle. Because I, she was my serving one. And certainly not a message giver. Every now and then, either in the group meeting or in a small... When she would dare to stand up to say something. Oh, I tell you. She had my ear. Because I, I knew, that's real. Whatever she's saying is real. And, I, and because of their shepherding, I, I'm still here. So I know, I know, passing through. Not only that, in later, stronger, deeper trials, did not blunt the great resolutions in heart of this family. 
my spiritual parents. Oh, sisters, that to maintain the great resolutions in heart, every now and then we need great searchings of heart. We need to have a time that's quiet in front of the Lord. And I realize, sisters, I realize some of you in the situation you're in, especially with young children, those times of quietness are few and far between. But there are some times. I'm not, I'm not saying hours on end. But just sometimes to search our own heart or to allow the Lord as the searcher of hearts, as it says in Acts 15. The one who searches the hearts. Lord, search my heart. Search my heart. Where am I? Lord, where am I? Sometimes we would say, we would say this, Lord, I don't like where I am. Bring me to where I need to be. Sisters, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. And don't put self-made standards on yourself. Oh, I'm not where I sh should be. Yeah, let that realization could be the Lord shining or it could be man-made light. It could be a kind of confession from knowledge. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a confession that comes of the Lord shining. It's good to say, Lord, where am I? I want my heart to be still focused on you and your purpose. In spite of all the details, in spite of all the things I have to take care of this day, in spite of the fact that I have very little time in the Word because of my responsibilities, Lord, I still love you. I'm still aiming at you. You know, sometimes <clears throat> you can get healed by the Lord, not by a time like this where you set aside time and said, you know that you can be healed on the go? You know, I was considering... There are at least these two stories. Uh, there's a story of the Canaanite woman. You know the Canaanite woman? And I think it's Matthew 15. Her daughter, actually she's, she's concerned about her daughter. And she she's, uh, comes to the Lord and, and he's way up in the north. And that's why he became accessible to her. That's the one where eventually... Uh, it talks about the crumbs that he's the crumbs yeah that story that story that's a marvelous story this is another remarkable woman her insight the Lord marveled at her faith it's, it's really something <clears throat> and so he's up there and then and then she comes and says, and says she calls son of David son of David and, and no and oh I, I used to be troubled by this when I was younger like why was the Lord so mean because he doesn't pay attention at, at all to, to what, what. And he's walking. And, 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 she, and he says, that, now I was considering, she's a Canaanite. Maybe she heard, you know that man? He's here. That man that we keep hearing about, the rumors that he heals people. He's up in these parts. Maybe you're, oh, maybe she would see, my daughter sees the opportunity. But I, what's his name? 
What, what do I call him? I have a feeling that she was instructed. Well, uh, I heard that you call him son of David. And actually, that name is reserved for the Jews. And so, she's a Gentile. So he didn't, he didn't respond. But I said, Lord, that's too formal. That's what I was thinking. And then, and then, and then she says, help me. Lord, help me. That's more genuine. <clears throat> Lord, uh, son of David, sir. That's too formal. He didn't respond. Lord, help me. Ah, now he responds. You know, when she got more genuine, he responded right away. Even then, though, you know what he says? Oh, it's not right for the children's bread to be uh, given to the dogs. Even then I thought, oh, too rough, Lord. She didn't take it this way. Then she says, oh, really? Lord, you're the children's bread. Okay, I get that. And it's not right for you to be given to the dogs. Then, what are you doing here? That's what, basically what she's saying. So, even the dogs get the crumbs that fall off the table. He said, great faith. Like the two of them were like, you know. Because she, he said, do you realize you're a Gentile dog? She said, amen. I'm a little dog. But you know, you are a little crumb. And he said, Amen. Do you know that that word about crumbs didn't come out of the Lord's mouth? It came out of her mouth. The revelation that he's a crumb that comes to where you are. Sisters, the nutrient in the crumb is the same as what's on the table. Some of you feel, oh, I don't go to that many meetings. I don't this or that. There's crumbs, at least. Just as good. Just as good. Do you see how he comes to where you are? He's not expecting you to get up to where he is. He's not expecting the little dog to jump on the table. Just be where you are. And let the Lord come to you. And you realize this whole scenario is on the move, on the go. Then we have that woman who had the flow of blood for all those years. And then she comes, she, she, she said, she, I don't know how she figures. If I just touch the fringe of his garment, I will be healed. And so, if you read the story from all the, you know, the different presentations from the Gospels, you will realize that the Lord was being pressed because, you know, eventually she comes and touches the, the, the fringe of the garment. I don't know how she did that without being detected. But she, she touched it and, and started going away. And he stopped. And, and you, you just have the picture that all the people around him stopped. You know how the, the New York City subway? You know? Yeah. And, then, and you're just packed there. And then, and then he says, who touched me? And then Peter says... Um, well, it doesn't say that he said, um, but, but uh, you kind of get the feeling, uh, Lord, um, 
there are a lot of people around you and a lot of people are pressing on you so a lot of people touched you he said no he said no someone touched me it wasn't that pressing touch it was a touch of faith because he knew that power had gone out from him anyway when she realized that she got caught and you have to read different versions it's, it, you, could re- you don't get this from just one story then she came and confessed now she got healed on the go you understand what I'm saying they were moving she was moving touched healed and she was ready to go but the Lord said wait and then she came it was, it was I and you know what he said something that you don't find hardly in the scriptures in the, in the gospels daughter your faith is healed daughter you, you don't find that very often daughter your faith is healed so she was just she was on the go and the Lord healed her on the go you can get the healing on the go you're busy yes yes you're busy you, you don't have to interrupt you're changing diapers you can be healed at 2.30 in the morning oh Lord you can have some healing but sisters you might be satisfied with a little supply for the day he's not quite satisfied with it he just wants a sentence or two a face to face so he can encourage you a little bit more and a little bit more intimately and say daughter daughter oh what comfort was what balm was that to this woman daughter so the Lord does want fellowship fellowship not just to be a remedy to our situation so sisters I would encourage you now and again taking into account your responsibilities and your day your schedule still take a little time to absorb him just to, even if it's even if it's two minutes I read a I read a message this week where Brother Lee is speaking to the sisters and he says this sisters even three minutes open the Bible and read just read a verse and pray read but, but if your responsibilities don't allow you just, just call up a verse from memory and just pray read that verse sometimes sisters I think you feel oh uh, I don't have my uh, morning revival book uh, I, I, I don't have my paper I don't have my, my sheet I don't have my what are the verses for, for, for you don't have to, 
by the time you finish with what are uh, what's your, 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 the time's up your window of 45 seconds of 2 minutes it's closed already that's why it's good when you're, when you're young memorize the word memorize the word just know the word and then keep the habit of just read whenever you can read just read the Bible you say I don't remember don't worry about it just read the word when you need it the Holy Spirit who is called in John 14 the reminding spirit he will bring something to you he'll bring something to you I know in my life that's what happens verses from when I was a teenager verses from when I was a child the spirit will bring up at the right time I know one verse I still recall the first time this came to me and I didn't know the reference but the Lord spoke this to me be still of course that, that psalm actually 46 46 10 be still and know that I am God so you, you just remember, oh Lord be still oh Lord Lord please cause me to be still before you Lord I, I need you Lord while I'm while I'm here just still Lord dispense yourself to me Lord I love you baby Christ okay good enough you got a little dispensing and you know what the great searchings uh, the great resolutions of heart could be maintained the prayer for the church the prayer for the work the prayer for so many things can be maintained verse 20 let's go on here judges verse 20 from heaven the stars fought she realized Deborah realized it was not what I did it was not my fighting the stars fought the heavens were fighting sisters it's not, the, it's not your doing it's your cooperating with the heavens and let the Lord do things for you and trust your prayer the Lord answers the prayer of the sisters verse 31 those who love him be like the sun there's a little secret here there's a little secret to undergirt the whole thing and that is to be like be like the sun to rise every morning to have a, to have a new dawning every day to have a time with him to have a time with him proper time before him to allow him to renew our heart and again I know we have many young mothers many young mothers yeah sisters <clears throat> our God is a flexible God he's a tabernacle God he tabernacled for a long time he knows how to do that he knows how to be on the move with you so please don't have that 
strict, situ- you know, concept. Um, actually, actually, I could tell you, <clears throat> I don't know how many times I've given this message about morning watch or morning time with the Lord, and we give the example in Exodus uh, 16 that the 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 the, the manna uh, melts when the sun waxes hot. You know, a couple of years ago, I received some very helpful, intimate, crucial, um, practical fellowship from Brother Rick Scatterday. Many of you know Brother Rick. He's actually coming to be with us for the Spanish-speaking conference in a few weeks. I went to him to talk about my concern for another brother because that brother had his second heart attack and he had recovered and now was kind of back in his function and so on and, and I had this burden to, to, that we could help that brother you know lessen his load and travel and so on so I went to brother Rick and I told him that <clears throat> and he said yes yes and, and we talked for a few minutes and then he said but we are actually also concerned about you. I said, I'm fine. He says, well, and he had some fellowship for me, particularly concerning my transoceanic travel. Because I, even this coming week, I'm, I'm, out, I'm going to Moscow this coming week. So I go to Moscow once a year, so I go over the Atlantic, uh, and then I go over the Pacific at least twice a year, sometimes four times. So uh, I go to Australia and some other places. So he was telling me how to rest. Yeah. And then I realized I'm not a good rester. I did, I, I did not know how to rest. And part of my problem was my concept about the manna that I would you know when you, when you go across uh, time zones and the jet lag I'd get back and I tried to jump into the New York time zone schedule so my thought was this yeah yeah I need to rest but hey it's time I want to get up have my time with the Lord and it's good times and then I'll go back to bed. He said, don't do that. Because you're interrupting the sleep that's healing you. I said, really, Brother Rick? But Brother Rick, the manna. <laughs> I had this concept. He said, forget about that. And just have your time later. So, oh, this is a great practical help to me sisters the Lord understands all your situations don't be held under any bondage of what you think and, or what you think the brothers will say or you know I'm not talking about your husbands I'm talking about the brother sometimes the thought is oh the brother is out of respect or so on Sisters, you just realize the Lord is for you. We are for you. We are standing with you. 
especially the young mothers, we realize many of your husbands are the new serving ones in the church life. Yes, we realize we demand much, but we're standing with your family. We're not those who would sacrifice the family in that way for the church. Yes, our hearts, in our hearts, Christ and the church is first, of course. But the way that's carried out, it's very personal. You have to be between you, your husband, and the Lord in that triangular situation. The Lord is mobile. The Lord can meet your need on the go. But still, I would say, once in a while, you need to stop. You just need to stop and be still. Could we go back to Isaiah 30, 15, the first verse? Thus says the Lord Jehovah, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you will be saved in quietness in quietness and in trust will be your strength. But you were not willing. Oh, how often I've had to confess this. And I'd like to recommend Brother Brother Watchman Nee has a marvelous article on this called In Rest Shall Be Your Strength. Sisters, Sometimes because of your burden, because of your sensitivity, you see many things. You're burdened for many things. All the things are not perfect. More burdens come. Practical, family, work, health, church life. And the things sometimes become overwhelming. But I'd like to tell you, in returning and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and in trust will be your strength. In rest shall be your strength. We need to learn how to quiet our inner being. Because I know that many try. Oh, I have ten minutes, so I sit here and I'm gonna or kneel here or or walk pace, whatever works for you. But when you stop, you can't stop this. And you're planning already. What's next? Okay, she's getting up in oh, I have thirty minutes. I had to start the wash. Oh, wait, home meeting tonight. Oh, I gotta cook. Oh, and Oh, how we need to learn how to, how to take captive all the thoughts unto the obedience of Christ. First, Second Corinthians chapter ten. We have to ask the Lord, Lord, would you train me? Would you train me? Would you strengthen me? To to focus on you just for these few minutes. Now I have found, sisters, that one key, from my experience, 
and somewhat from actually now hundreds of saints from my observation and fellowship. It seems that in order for the Lord to be able to have the ground in us to train us for this, we may need one time with a little longer time. Maybe 30 minutes. To what? To unload many things in front of the Lord. To breathe out things before the Lord. Because there might be things that have accumulated disappointments, frustrations, unfulfilled dreams, unforgiven offenses, and they just were, have been there, and we never got unloaded. So we're, we're like the clogged drain. Like in the sink, you turn the water on, it's flowing, but nothing is penetrating. Did you ever feel that way? We need some time to unload before the Lord. Maybe one time like that, every month, will allow us to be healed on the go in our situation. So, I'd like to end this session by our singing a hymn. And I hope that as we sing, even as we sing, you can start to unload. The hymn that we'd like, like to sing is 255, 255. And this hymn shows us it's on breathing. But not firstly breathing in. In verse 1, the author, who's a, a, Brother A.B. Simpson, says, right, Lord, teach me how to breathe thee in. But he says, help me pour into your bosom all my life of self and sin. Then verse 2, almost to the end, you can see in every verse, first it's breathing out. Then breathing in. Sometimes we try to breathe in. Call the Lord. Pray read. Breathe the Lord. It's not that effective. Why? Because we didn't have a proper time to unload our inner being in front of the Lord. And if we're clogged, then we surely could not have great resolutions in heart and great searchings of heart. So I hope this word would encourage you. Let's sing. Let's sing. 255. Five. Amen. <laughs>